0: Political Thoughts with Steve is brought to you by Anchor. Go to anchor.fm today to start your free podcast or download the Anchor app from all major app stores. And welcome to this week's episode of Political Thoughts with Steve. I'm your host, Stephen Murphy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of my fellow political nerds out there in podcast world. I hope everyone has had a great, great week. And first of all, thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast for this week. And a special thank you once again to Kelly, Nerdzilla, Mendehall for coming to our show last week. That was so much fun. We had a great time and... For those who were kind of listening to that podcast last week and was wondering what the hell is going on with the audio, we apologize. We used a different kind of software to do that interview last week and it all got kind of screwed up. So to those who have messaged us on Twitter talking about the interview and you know just giving us. Your feedback, thank you so, so much for the positive feedback and everything. It was a fun, fun interview. Went to anyone out there in podcast world that wants to come on the show and talk politics, debate politics, talk about life. Send us a DM on Twitter because that is the best, best way to do it. And we love having people on our show and talking about issues that matter to everyone. So... Once again, thank you so much, Kelly. We greatly appreciated you coming on and um, chatting with us for that long, long hour and 30 minutes. I think that's what the uh, episode is about. Anyways, so enough from last week's episode. Let's talk about this week's episode. This week, we are going to be talking about Joe Biden. There is a lot of crazy shit happening right now with the Me Too movement. Including Joe Biden. And there's going to be a lot of questions in the Joe Biden segment that I'm going to ask every single one of you as our listeners. And I'm going to give you my thoughts on what's going on with Joe Biden. Also, we're going to be talking about Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, Senator Turtle himself, is making it easier for Trump appointees to get confirmed, especially federal appointees going to judicial benches. The crazy shit that Senator Turtle is doing is just, it pisses me off on a daily basis. I don't know about y'all, but it pisses me off, and I'm going to be talking about that. Also, on Polytalk tonight, we're going to be talking about the difference between socialism and democratic socialism. Now, some people hear that word socialism, and they start saying, well, socialism becomes communism, or democratic socialism is going to become communism. Well, we're going to be talking about the differences between socialism and uh democratic socialism so we're going to be talking about that and final thoughts with steve we're going to piggyback on the first um the actually the second segment with joe biden we're going to be talking about the me too movement what's going on with the me too movement is it getting too much is it not enough i'm going to give you some final thoughts on the me too movement so sit back and relax go ahead and pour yourself a cold drink. I've got mine right here, and we'll be back for this week's episode of Political Thoughts with Steve. And welcome back, Political Nerds, to Political Thoughts with Steve. So segment number one, we are going to be talking about Senator Turtle himself, Mitch McConnell. Now, it's no secret that I hate Mitch McConnell. I have told everybody that I'm friends with, my family, all of you political nerds out there, I strongly believe that Mitch McConnell is a threat to our democracy. He is just this mean, old, nasty guy that just needs to go. And I couldn't tell you how many times I've said that he is like, morally compromised. He is completely compromised. I mean, Mitch's wife is the Secretary of Transportation, so everything that he does in the Senate is also reflected on the Trump agenda and what his wife is looking for. And Mitch McConnell is... He is just a bad man. If if the WWE had a wrestling event in the United States Senate, Mitch McConnell is like the equivalency to a Vince McMahon. He has done a lot in his long career, yet you just really hate him. And this week he took another step towards majority role in the United States Senate and away from the old model of affording all senators, regardless of party, the right to speak and even block actions they oppose. So here's the thing. When you are a nominee, you go through this process. The president announces your name and you start the you just start this whole process that you go before a committee, the committee votes. If you pass the vote, you go to the Senate. During the Senate voting phase, senators normally get a couple of hours to voice their opinions on that nominee. Well, now Mitch McConnell wants to make it where really you, as a senator, don't get that opportunity anymore to voice your concern. You get a 30-minute floor debate before a vote. Now, is that going to work for Republicans? I mean, it could. Um, I think that anything that Mitch McConnell does in the Senate is going to eventually blow up in his face. Um, If we have a Democrat as a president, he is going to do his best to make sure that that nominee that a Democrat president has announced does not get voted or confirmed by the Senate. Um, Remember what he did to... um, Judge Garland, back when Obama was president, trying to get Judge Garland put on the Supreme Court, he literally put the brakes on this whole process. Now, if you look at the Constitution when it comes to the Senate, the Senate has the authority to confirm or deny any appointee through a vote. So, what I was preaching, what, three years ago, is that McConnell was... Just completely crapping all over the Constitution because he hated Barack Obama with a passion. So now he wants to make it where if Trump has all these nominees for for court bench for court bench positions, McConnell is now making it easier for these nominees to get confirmed quicker. Um. The Senate move is important. Um, First, by shrinking the time for post debate, it limits the ability of senators to go on record with their views about controversial nominees and potentially to sway colleagues. Now, is that fair? Absolutely not. We elect representatives at the state, local, and federal levels to be the voices. Of the people that they represent. That is why we have elections. That is their job is to do. The job to represent us as the American people. If they do not have the right to debate or voice their concerns. I mean, what is the point of having political discussions at all? What is the point of having these elected representatives in Congress? Um, Second, the way Republicans went about changing the rules, it makes it easier for future majorities to strengthen the majority powers to vote, which is new because the Senate has traditionally required supermajority support to get pretty much everything done. But without that rule, um, it, it makes it easier for nominees to either be confirmed or not confirmed. Um, So if Republicans had followed the Senate's formal rules, they would have needed 60 votes to cut off debate. But Republicans failed to get those 60 required votes. So they opted to go nuclear to get the change. They saw it, which is Republicans engineered a set parliamentary steps that circumvented the chamber's rules. So how do they do that? So instead of rewriting the rule, Republicans voted to set a new chamber president that re-interrupted the rule. From then on, 30 hours of debate would be interrupted to mean two hours of debate. And here's the kicker, everybody. The Senate adopts presidents by simple majority vote, not 60, which means the Senate only needs four or 51 votes to pass anything and of course you know there's like a 50 50 tie the vice president comes in and we all know mike pence is going to cast that tie breaking vote for the republicans so really democrats you have absolutely no voices right now in the senate i mean you can have um you can have all these democrat senators that are up and voicing their opinions but i mean let's be serious Nothing we want is going to happen in the Senate. Um, If it did, when the House voted to open up the Mueller report so everyone could read it, um, the Senate would have done the same, or they would have had a vote, and it could have been a very close vote. But Mitch McConnell, that damn turtle that just will not go away, He decided to say, screw it. We're we're not going to play by the rules anymore. We're going to invent new rules just to screw everybody. So Mitch McConnell blamed Democrats, arguing that they unduly stretched out post-culture debate, even on occasions when they had every intention of voting to confirm nominees. But take a closer look. Using the Senate's official record of the timing of recorded votes. It tallied up how many hours elapsed between the moment the Senate invokes closure to cut off initial debate and when the Senate votes on whether to confirm the nominee. Now, half the time, Senators debate lower court nominees for less than 22 hours after the culture. For nearly every nominee, the two-party leaders negotiated the timing of the confirmation vote. That's why post-culture debate for some nominees stretched over 200 hours. So to accommodate you know, the senator's schedules, um, including going home on break, like these people really need a break. They need to be in Washington doing their jobs. Leaders put off confirmation votes long past the 30-hour mark. In other words, most nominations take far less than 30 hours. Even when they take more time, it's typically because both parties want it that way. So why did Republicans limit this debate to two hours? Well, that guarantees that Senate Republicans will be able to confirm more conservative nominees to vacant federal judgeships. 130 to 677 district court judgeships right now are vacant, with 56 nominees pending in the Senate, in part because the majority leader radically slowed the confirmation of judges during President Obama's last two years in office. 38 of those nominees are ready to be considered on the Senate floor, so expect Republicans to confirm more judges and other Trump appointees in the weeks and months ahead. However, bear in mind, the change won't resolve over bottlenecks in the White House and Senate that slow the process of selecting. Vetting and confirmed nominees delays that today leave hundreds of executive positions vacant, which means there are absolutely no leaders in the executive branch at all. But in the previous Congress, when the majority cut off debate on a nominee, the Senate confirmed nearly every one of them after post-culture debate expired, but not all. Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina came out against both during the post-culture debate, And with just two hours of post-culture debating, opponents will be unlikely to change any minds. That's pretty much true. Those might be rare exceptions that prove the rule. Uh, Post-culture debate generally is a weak tool for blocking nominees deemed unsuitable for a lifetime appointment on the bench. If Democrats or a future minority want to slow or block presidential nominations, to the district courts, they can still take a stab at it in committee, but opponents' arsenals are smaller under the new post-culture cultural rule. This is the fourth time in eight years that a senator that a Senate majority has nuked a position of the Senate's culture rule. Each time, the Senate has chipped away at the parliamentary rights of senators made it harder for a senate majority to block a majority party. In the past centers typically view the political costs of bending Senate rules as too high and instead deployed nuclear moves only on more minor presidential tweaks. So people has or people have been Asking me on Twitter lately, so what do you think about all this? And this is what I think. This is just another way for Mitch McConnell to get his way in the Senate. This is another way for Mitch McConnell to screw everybody. I mean, remember, this is the guy that loves cutting Medicaid and Medicare and Social Security. Three programs, by the way, that, you know, everybody pays into. I mean, we need to stop talking or calling those programs as entitlements We pay into those. It's like my father once said, if you pay into something, it's not an entitlement, it is a benefit. Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security, those three things are a benefit. It is something for us that we pay into the system. Yet, Senator Turtle, all he wants to do is cut it. That's all he wants to do is cut it. And every time that Medicaid is cut, that is more kids that are going to go without medical coverage. That is more. People that are struggling right now that cannot afford these outrageous health premiums are going to have to struggle without health insurance. It is dangerous. It is deadly, everybody. And Senator Turtle will stop at nothing to make sure that he gets his way eventually. He is continuing to make it to where the Senate rules are constantly changing. He is just destroying a lot of things. So what do we need to do? If you live in Kentucky, you need to get behind a strong opponent to Mitch McConnell. Donate your money to that person and just support that person and push that person. Because as long as people don't come together on issues and continue to try to divide each other, especially Democrats are trying to divide each other right now during the elections, you're still going to have Mitch McConnell. McConnell's not going away unless if you come together and say enough is enough. I despise Mitch McConnell. I hate him more than I hated Ted Cruz. I hated him more than I hate Marco Rubio. He is just a danger to our democracy. And the only way to save ourselves from that dangerous individual is to vote that dangerous individual out, send his ass back to Kentucky, and put someone in that position that actually wants to represent the people of Kentucky, not the people that have lined his pockets with millions of dollars in campaign contributions, not someone that Just wants to sit back and watch the world burn and laugh his ass off. Because that's what Mitch McConnell is doing. Mitch McConnell does not care about anybody but Mitch McConnell. And he is going to do his absolute best to make sure that everything just falls apart. So, my thought on Mitch McConnell, this is a dangerous move for him. This is a dangerous move for Republicans. And if you ain't careful, this is all going to bite you in the ass in the end. We'll be right back.
1: Hello, listeners. This is Kelly Nerdzilla Mendenhall, co-host of the podcast, A Non-Mom Happy Hour. And I am hopping on to tell you about my book, Skin in the Game, The Stories My Tattoos Tell, is my debut as an author. In the book... I tell of the significant events and pivotal moments of my life by recounting the stories behind my eclectic collection of tattoos. When asked about my intended audience, I like to say that this book is written for anyone who's ever thought of giving up, anyone needing the inspiration to keep on fighting, and anyone who fears that they may be too far gone for redemption mine is a new take on the genre of autobiographies with full-color photos of my tattoos and other illustrations accompanying each chapter my pivotal life moments and the resulting lessons immortalized in my tattoos are captured with these full-color photographs alongside the moving text throughout the book the reader witnesses my navigation and survival of life's most harrowing moments the death of my father at the age of four years old, the physical and sexual abuse I endured as an adolescent, the gut-wrenching loss of friends who died too soon, my abortion at age 28, and my journey to solve the mystery of the sudden onset of debilitating chronic pain and loss of mobility at the age of 35. The CDC reports that 4.4% of adults ages 25 to 44 experience high-impact chronic pain in the U.S. Women are actually more likely to experience high-impact chronic pain than men. Approximately 8.9% of adult women experiencing acute chronic pain compared to approximately 7% of men. Further, patients like myself experiencing acute chronic pain are more likely to experience depression and anxiety, loss of mobility, and loss of quality of life. I like to say that I am a recovering nonprofit professional forced to reconnect with my former, more creative self to survive. I wrote this book entirely from what I playfully but genuinely refer to as my business couch. In June 2017, my legs fell out from under me, literally and figuratively, and life as I knew it was over. This book is my way of turning my mess into a message. If I can help even one person survive the demented carousel that is the American Medical Complex, help one person feel less alienated and hopeless— my book will have served its purpose. If you'd like to know more about me and my journey, the book itself, or some of my other business ventures, you can go to www.nerdzillakelly.com book. That's nerdzillakelly.com book. Nerdzilla is spelled exactly how you imagine it, just like Godzilla, except for nerdzilla on the front nerdzilla kelly k-e-l-l-y dot com slash book and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to my little blurb and visit my website pre-sales are up right now print and ebook distribution launches on June 1st of 2019 thank you
0: okay so all of y'all are asking me my thoughts on Joe Biden all this crap that's been Coming down the wire over the last two weeks about Joe Biden. Now, it is absolutely no surprise to anybody when I say that I am a huge supporter to the MeToo movement. I love this movement. I think it's great watching people get called out on their ship, people being held accountable. And this is just part of that women's revolution that is crashing upon the United States over the last couple of years and it's gaining so much traction right now. But I was having a conversation with my brother the other night while we were playing chess because I'm that kind of nerd and he, we started talking about the Me Too movement and Joe Biden. Now I have a lot of friends that are females and a lot of my pod family are female podcasts and they ask, you know, what what's your opinion on this because they know that I am a huge supporter of the me too movement, but do I still support Joe Biden? Now, here's the thing. I I love Joe Biden. He is he is a great guy. He has served our nation for a long time. He was probably in my opinion arguably the most popular vice president our nation has ever had. Um, But, you know, you can have a loved politician get destroyed because of stupid shit that you did during your political career, and no one is an exception to that rule. not even Joe Biden. Now, Biden... Biden right now has not announced he's running for president next year. Let me repeat that. Joe Biden has not announced that he is running in 2020. And it kills me because every time I turn on the TV and I see MSNBC or CNN or Fox News, they always say a new poll has been released today. Joe Biden is leading the Democratic nominees But Joe isn't running. He's not running until he says, I'm running. And I always say, you know what, this is a ploy to knock Bernie Sanders off because it's like they're starting to shove Joe Biden down our throats. And I don't want another 2016 because, let's face it, you know what killed Hillary for me? Well, first of all, it was how the DNC screwed Bernie Sanders to make sure Hillary Clinton could be the nominee that pretty much ended it for me. But before that even came out, it was a constant Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton. I did not like Hillary Clinton. I did not like her when she was a senator for New York. I think that she could have done a whole lot more. She was a pretty good secretary of state. I'll give her that. But her politics is very dirty. She is a person that really wants to be president of the United States. And you know what? A lot of you... A lot of you political nerds are Hillary Clinton supporters. And I was looking, you know, after everything, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to be one of those Bernie or Buss kind of people. I'm going to get behind my nominee. I'm going to support my nominee, even though I strongly believe that my nominee was not the right choice to be the nominee for the Democratic Party. But I got behind her. And when she lost in 2016, I sat back and I said, you know what? I think we did this to ourselves. Because, first of all, Bernie Sanders was polling extremely high with millennial voters. He was talking everything that millennial voters care about. Student loan debt. That is <laughs> crippling our nation's economy, by the way. I mean, If you want to look at our debt, about 70%, maybe 80% of that debt is student loan debt. That is killing our economy. Bernie was talking about the, you know, just all the issues. And I don't want to get into 2016 because I feel like if I got on that 2016 roll, that's all we're going to be talking about in this segment. But we're going to be talking, let's talk about Joe. So there was a couple of women that came out in the last couple of weeks saying Joe Biden made them feel uncomfortable. Now this is different than what you hear like Senator so-and-so pushed me into a room made out with me. I told him, no, he kept going or the shit that happened with Brett Kavanaugh. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Ladies at non mom happy hour. I know I have told y'all a million times. I hate mentioning him, but when it comes to the Me Too movement, I mean hell, he is he is the ultimate asshole. He is the poster boy of an asshole for the Me Too movement. But but this is this whole situation is kind of different. It's Joe invaded my personal space. Now it's it's no it's no secret that Joe Biden has this tendency of Invading people's personal spaces. In fact, the media started calling him Uncle Joe. He's the creepy Uncle Joe. And that is just what he does. And what killed what killed me when all this started coming out last couple of weeks is this happened. The first person happened during a campaign event when she was running for, I think it was a congressional seat or maybe a senator seat, but she was running for a seat. In government, and all of a sudden, all these years later, she has a problem with it. Well, after the media, you know, started digging on her, turns out she was a huge Bernie supporter, and now it's going up against Bernie. To me, it's the Democrats' way of killing each other before the fight even starts. But Joe Biden is very, very friendly sometimes, and you know what. Here's the thing, if, you know, if this kept coming and coming and coming and all you heard was Joe Biden sexually assaulted me in the bathroom and nothing came out of Joe Biden, nothing came out of, out of his, um out of Joe Biden's political team, I would be furious at Joe Biden. But you know what, the man issued two apologies saying that. He has evaluated everything. He's going to do his absolute best to change his behaviors. He is going to find ways of expressing himself without invading people's personal space. He apologized. And you know what? He apologized. It's over. You truly mean what you say. You're not going to repeat the mistake at all. But here's where I'm conflicted. It goes back to me too. These women deserve to be heard. These women deserve to tell their story. And in the court of a public opinion, we're going to render a verdict. Is Joe Biden poisoning himself or is Uncle Joe being Uncle Joe are these accusations false? So during the conversation that I had with my brother, he was like, so what, what do you think about this? What questions, how can you like Joe, but also respect the me too movement?" Now here's my, here's my thoughts on this. Before this happened, I could tell you right now, I love Joe Biden. Every single biography I have read about him, every single uh, work that I have written when I was in college, Joe Biden just, he's just a good man. He is a good man, and I'm I'm very conflicted about this. I am extremely conflicted by this, because I don't want to keep saying, oh, Joe is great, you know, screw the women's opinion. I don't want to say that, because that's not how I think. I think we all should be heard. I think that this needs to be investigated. And if Joe Biden did anything else besides invading a woman's space, then yeah, he needs to pay for it. Is this going to kill his chances of being president? If he does not change his ways, absolutely this could kill his his chances of being president. But then again, I mean, Donald Trump grabbed women by the crotch and he still got elected. But you know what? Most women that I know they have sins and they are not going to vote for someone who sexually assaults other women. So if Joe Biden continues this shit, then no, don't vote for him. Don't vote for him at all. Now, if he comes out during the campaign, if he announces, he says, you know what, this happened, I'm deeply sorry, let's move on, let's talk about the issues, then let's move on and talk about the issues, if you still feel extremely vocal about this whole ordeal involving him and these women then voice your concerns about it don't vote for joe biden vote for another guy i mean there there's a lot of really awesome people right now running for president you know besides joe biden that is not is not is not running for president right now better o'rourke is a pretty good choice bernie sanders is my my favorite um, you have the guy out of Nebraska, the mayor. I think he's out of Nebraska. He He's an openly gay mayor. Uh, sh- you know, I hate it whenever I am um, talking about someone, I forget their name. Um, but you have that guy. And you know what? I heard that guy on Bill Maher, I think it was a couple weekends ago in that guy definitely knows what he's talking about. And you know what? I'm very interested in hearing him more because you know what? He could change my mind. That has happened a lot since I started voting in 2004 that I've heard that I've had a favorite at the beginning, but my mind was changed because I started listening to the other candidates. That is what makes elections very, very exciting is you do not know what to expect anymore, especially after 2016, the rules have been completely rewritten. But to get back on our original topic, Joe Biden could be completely shooting himself in the leg. And if he is, if he has, you know, done all this stupid shit, it is going to come back and bite him. The Me Too movement is not going anywhere. These women are powerful, these women are vocal. These women will destroy you if you have done something extremely shitty to them. They are not going anywhere. Get over it. The Me Too movement is here to stay. And if Joe Biden is a man, not a little boy that, you know, wants to hurt a woman or sexually assault a woman, if he is a true man, he apologized and he is going to change a lot of his behaviors. You are going to see it more and more and more in the, you know, if he announces that he's running for president. Um, but we need to back off just a tad. And I know I don't want to piss off my female listeners. And I love y'all and I respect your views, but we need to we need to back up just a tad and make sure that this isn't someone who's trying to ruin him or two people that are trying to ruin him. This is actually a legitimate thing. And then let's see what he does in the future. And long pause. Um, that's what I think about all this. Let's just see what happens. Um, does it change my opinion about Joe? Not really because I knew I knew from the beginning that Joe is very touchy-feely, but you know what? In today's age, that's not the way to do things anymore. So, hey Joe Biden, if you're listening, which I strongly doubt, but you know, if you are, just stop doing the stupid shit. Hug someone Tell them thank you for your support and just move on. Because you know what? This is the shit that is going to cut your leg off way before you even now say you're run for president. However, we're going to be talking about the Me Too movement and Final Thoughts tonight or Final Thoughts today, whatever time it is that you're listening to our show. We're going to be talking about Me Too and I'm going to raise the question. In fact, I'm going to question everyone now. Is it possible that the Me Too movement could be used for evil deeds is it possible that a woman can just make up a story just to take someone down is it possible that you can use a movement that is extremely popular take that movement and just pervert the movement that's the question i'm asking every one of you right now involving our final thought segment for tonight so that is my thoughts on Joe Biden. I hope I answer some questions. If I don't, go to Twitter right now. Follow me at official PTWSTEV. That's official PTWSTEV. DM me and question me. Send me a question. And I would I will love to respond to your question live on Twitter. Um, but that's my thoughts on Joe Biden, and we'll be right back for Polytalk. Welcome back, political nerds. So we have come to Polytalk, which is one of my favorite segments of the show where I get to teach you some new things about politics. Now, a while back when we started this, we had This Week in Trump, but we talk about Trump all the time in this podcast. So you know what? We decided to get away or get rid of poli- or with um, this week in Trump, and we started a new segment called Poly Talk, where we get to... Educate all of you awesome political nerds out there on things that you may not know about So this week we're gonna be talking about socialism versus democratic socialism now socialism is a very dirty word in politics every time you hear the word socialism or Democratic socialism that keyword socialism is there and everyone just loses their shit I remember when my dad was alive he hated Bernie Sanders because he was, and I quote dad the best I can, it was a rotten socialist that was going to destroy this country. Now, there is a difference between democratic socialism and socialism. So socialism can be defined as a system of social organizations in which private property and the distrib- distribution dis- the, just distribution of income are subject to social security. You know what? You guys are laughing. I can tell that you're all laughing. You know what? I'm Southern. We suck when it comes when it comes to grammar. So I'm sorry, but get over it. Sometimes I'm going to mispronounce a couple of words. So let's get back on the subject. In other words, is a state controlled economy in which the state controls the means of production like factories, offices, resources and firms. There are no there are also forms of socialism in which the means of production are controlled and owned by workers. From an academic standpoint, there's an ongoing debate about what socialism really is. Francis Fox Piven, a political scientist from the City University of New York and a former DSA board member, told Vox, quote, the academic debates about socialism's meaning are huge and arcane and rife. With disagreements, but what all definitions have in common is either the elimination of the market or strict contaminant. So, what do they believe in? In general, socialists believe the government should provide a range of basic services to the public, such as health care and education, for free or a significant discount. In the present day, democratic socialists and socialists are often treated as the same thing, which can be confusing given democratic socialists don't necessarily think the government should immediately take control of all aspects of the economy. They do, however, generally believe the government should help provide for people's most basic needs and help all people have an equal chance at achieving success. Now, um, democratic socialists, also believe strongly in democracy and democratic principles. They are by no means proponents of authoritarian government systems many Americans associate socialism with. Now, the DSA's website, and I'm reading this right now, at the root of our socialism is a profound commitment to democracy. And the DSA is the Democratic Socialists of America. So this is what their website states at the root of our social at the root of our socialism is a profound commitment to democracy and as means and end. As we are unlikely to see an immediate end to capitalism tomorrow, DSA fights for reforms today that will weaken the power of corporations and increase the power of working people. To put it another way, they don't feel socialism should be forced on people but they are fundamentally anti-capitalists that believe the government should urge privately owned businesses towards granting workers as much control as possible. The DSA and the democratic socialists like AOC, one of my favorite people in the world, place a great deal of emphasis on social justice in conjunction with pushing for an economy that largely controlled, that is largely controlled by its workers. Now, the DSA supports reforms that would decrease the influence of money in politics, empower ordinary people in workplaces and the economy, and restructure gender and cultural relationships to be more equitable, according to their website. To put this into more of a context, AOC's platform calls for an, an end to the war on drugs, the demil- demilitarization of police departments, and the abolishment of pro- profit prisons. Now, that's pretty much common sense. I mean, we need to put a war on, we need to stop the war on drugs because I don't think this is a war on drugs. I think this is just another way to put black people in jail and how that kind of intermingles with pro-profit prisons is if you stop the war on drugs, which is, by example, the war on pot, not many people are going to go to prison for non offense or non violent drug offenses and serve time in these pro-profit prisons, and guess what? They're going to lose some money. The problem with all this is, and I know it sounds great, but you know what? These damn groups that put so much money in politicians' pockets, one of those groups are people who run for-profit prisons. So you're going to have a lot of resentment towards that idea of getting rid of all this but you know what the demilitarization of police departments i agree with police departments are starting to look like the army lately i mean hell i was driving around town and the police department is right there in the center of where i'm from and outside was a freaking tank a freaking tank Do they need a tank? Absolutely not. I live in a town of maybe two to three thousand people. And guess what? Everyone in my town, they're not people that you know want to riot. I guarantee that. Hell, 90% of the town that I live in is just a bunch of old people, but they have a damn tank. Now, nothing against cops. I love the I love police officers. I'm a huge supporter of our men and women in blue. Anytime I hear that a cop has lost his life in the line of duty, my heart always goes out to them because I come from a family of cops and I respect police officers. However, I do believe that there are some really dirty people out there that uses a badge to get away with everything. And those people are no better than those assholes that put on military uniforms that pretend that they were in the military just to get some free handouts. They're no better than them. Now, back on subject. Bernie Sanders came out in 2006 as a self-declared Democratic Socialist. And you know what? I think what almost killed him during his 2016 campaign was Democratic Socialists because, as I said at the beginning of our segment, when people hear the word socialist, they lose their shit. But he came out saying that he thought that democratic socialism means the government has got to play a very important role in making sure that as a right of citizenship, all of our people have health care. That as a right, all of our kids, regardless of income, have quality child care, are able to go to college without going deeply into debt. And it means we do not allow large corporations and moneyed interest to destroy our environment. We create a government in which it is not dominated by big money interests. And that's quoting that 2006 interview that I'm looking at right now. You know what? I am totally for everyone in our country having health care. There's a difference between having health care and having access to health care. What killed Obamacare for me was that there was never a provision on insurance companies to have a cap of what they can charge people for health care. And I have said it a million times, and a lot of you agree with me. It is sad when we have to make a decision if we're going to eat tomorrow night or pay our outrageous insurance premiums. It is outrageous to even think that is outrageous to know that we pay so much for premiums yet a wheelchair is not covered by our medical insurance companies or a kid's asthma inhaler is not covered or insulin for people that are battling di- diabetic or diabetes I mean see I think I may have had a little bit too much tonight anyways But it's sad that people are having to make these decisions. You know, maybe I should cut this pill in half just to get me by until next month when I can afford another prescription. So when Bernie was talking about that everyone should have health care, I was all for that. In fact, I was saying this back in 2008, 2009, they need to just go ahead and get rid of the 55 year old stature on on Medicare and open up Medicare to everybody, not as a requirement, but as an option just to see what happens when you open it up to everybody. And if it's a system that works, then let's invest more money into Medicare unless of Mitch McConnell still senator, then you can Bet your ass that that's not going to happen. He's going to cut it. But we need, our government needs to find better ways to make sure that all of us has health care. And I supported Bernie on that. Every kid has quality child care. Absolutely. I'm a working single parent. My son goes to daycare normally on Wednesdays and Thursdays unless if I have to work late. But... He needs or I need access to make sure that he has quality health care, not just dropping him off at some place that's not going to watch him or someplace that, you know, he's not going to learn anything. And going to college without deeply going into debt. Now, 70 to 80 percent of our national debt right now is student loan debt. 70 to 80 percent of the national debt. and we're talking about that right now we are in what 12, 13 trillion dollars worth of debt, maybe more because I have not seen the debt go down yet. It has been a steady increase since 2001. Go to debtclot.org and check that out right now. Um, but the debt's going up and 70 to 80 percent of that is college loan debt. And it's because people go to college. We, I think that millennials, we were taught the lie of if you go to college, you will have access to, you know, a great job when you get out. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Many of us got hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt, and could not find a job that we busted our ass for in college to get in the economy because the economy was completely drained. The economy is starting or the economy is going pretty strong right now. But guess what? In my hometown, I can't find a I couldn't find a damn job with what I went to school for. I'm going to public service. That's not a big deal. And the thing is, I've got to move away from my hometown so I can actually start my career, start paying off this debt. And to have a career so, you know, I can retire when I'm 60, 65, or 70 years old. That's sad. So, yeah, I was all about, you know, we need to get rid of student loan debt. And when it comes to large corporations, they need to start paying their fair share in taxes. So this is what always got me with Bernie Sanders. This is what made me like Bernie Sanders. When I talk about democratic socialism, what I talk about are human rights and economic rights. Boom. So to those who put down democratic socialism, let me tell you what has came out of democratic socialism. Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. Three programs out of many programs that came out of democratic socialism. These are programs that we pay into with our taxes every single year. This is not an entitlement. This is a benefit. If I'm paying into Medicaid and I lose my job today, I should be able to get health, health care insurance into a system that I paid for without any kind of negativity at all is I fill out the application, I get accepted. Same thing for older people. What pisses me off is people on Medicare have it through this god-awful, stupid company called Humana, and they're still paying these outrageous premiums to the point that they have to try to get on Medicaid to cover these out-of-pocket copays. It's completely freaking nuts. It's just nuts. So democratic socialism wants and with democratic socialism Americans are taking control of their economy. They're taking control of everything that we pay into. We believe that schools, state colleges should either be completely free or really low on their tuition costs. We believe that Medicare for all should be a thing. We believe that children should have access to quality childcare. We believe that we need to stop being dicks and make the damn top 1% start paying their fair share in taxes. Now, socialism, it's a different story. I mean, Socialism is all about taking over everything. And as I said before, socialism can become communism if you're not careful. But do I see Bernie Sanders becoming like the Demo- the communist leader of China? No. Do I see America becoming like Russia? No, even though that right now we live in an authoritarian regime but i don't see it because of democratic socialism i see it i see shit happening in our country that's bad because of the person that's sitting in the white house right now but there there is your difference between socialism and democratic socialism if you want to continue this discussion go to my twitter page at official ptwstev send me a dm and let's continue this conversation we'll be back with final thoughts and welcome back to our final segment final thoughts with steve where i get to give you my final thoughts on anything i want and we're going to piggyback back on the me too movement now I am a huge supporter of the Me Too movement. I think that is an amazing movement that, you know, is getting a lot of shit done. People that have sexually assaulted women who are in offices of power are being held accountable, sent to jail. Their political or their business careers are completely ruined. You know what? I'm glad to see that happening. I hate that it had to happen like this, that, you know, a movement had to be started. For women's voices to finally be recognized. But. I'm also glad to see that's happening because. People are now being held accountable. So. As we talked about in the Joe Biden segment. Here's my question. To all of you. Can the Me Too movement be used for evil purposes? Now. I. Think that any kind of movement. Can be used. For evil purposes. I think that someone. That does not like somebody. An ex-girlfriend. That was wronged. By her ex-boyfriend. Back when they were 13. Can come out and say. He sexually assaulted me. Destroying the person. Before the person even. Gets started in their political career. I think. You do have people like that. Just like. I think that people say some shit to get their 15 minutes of fame and then they just disappear. Now, this is a very delicate subject because we're talking about women's rights. We're talking about things that women are fighting so hard to get done. And to all of my women listeners out there, Don't ever think that I am not on your side. I am perfectly on your side and keep kicking ass. But right now, anybody can use any kind of movement for something evil to destroy somebody that has potential. I'm not taking sides on the Joe Biden deal because you know what? Shit comes out and we will learn more and more and more as this goes on. But to answer the question from the second segment, from our main topic of discussion tonight or today. Is that, yeah, this can be used to destroy someone for no reason at all. Now, we need to be careful. We need to know the difference between someone who just wants 15 minutes of fame versus someone that actually wants to speak their mind on this issue. Someone that has been wronged, someone that has been assaulted or raped, someone that needs their voices heard. We need to know the difference between these two people. Because what's dangerous is that you're going to have people that are going to show up on the news saying so-and-so touched me when I was... You know, 22 working for them that may have never met the guy or met the woman. And just because the person is running for political office or the person is, you know, succeeding in their life, they just wanted to destroy them. There are people like that. And there are also people that have been wronged that need their voices heard. So, what do we do? How do we make this distinction? Well, first of all, you need to research it. Not just go by what CNN or what the stories you read on Facebook are telling you. You need to actually research what's going on and form your own opinion. Not the opinion that is popular. Form your own opinion. You are your own People, You all have minds. I pray every single one of you have common sense, which I'm pretty sure all of you do. If you didn't have common sense, you'd be listening to Sean Hannity. That was a joke, by the way. But you need to research the information and then make your own judgment. In the court of public opinion, anytime you see a guy's picture saying, So-and-so have been accused of raping so-and-so. All of a sudden, that guy is guilty. You haven't even heard his side of the story yet, but in the court of popular opinion, he is definitely guilty. So before judging right off the bat, please go research. Do your research. Another thing. We need to listen. You may be pissed off at the guy, but listen to him. And after he has said whatever it is that he's going to say, then form your opinion also. Biden has came out twice so far, issuing apologies and explaining of the kind of person he is, which we all knew it. I mean, hell, there's so much footage of him. We live in the age of social media. Biden can be creepy. But before you go to Fox News, because Fox News is probably going to tell you that Joe Biden is a rapist, or Joe Biden molested a child, or something of that nature, <laughs> research it. Inform your own opinion, because we live in an age where where we all jump on the bandwagon and we all form our opinions similar to those that are around us. I put out a poll on Twitter a week ago saying if this was a Republican was accused of the same thing, would you believe the woman or the Republican? And the results of that whole... The results of that poll was that the majority of all of you said that you would believe the woman over the politician. So what's different with this story? Are you believing the woman over Joe Biden or are you believing Joe Biden over the woman because Joe Biden just happens to be a very popular Democratic future presidential candidate. So why do you think this way? I can't really form an honest to God opinion on Joe Biden right now. Like I said, in the second segment, it's because there's just so much information that I need to be able to force this opinion. Now, does Joe Biden have great, Moral character, absolutely. I have said that for a long time. People all over the media, including Republicans, are saying Joe Biden is the nicest person you can ever meet. Yeah, he could be a little handsy, but Joe is Joe is a a great person. So, to go back on what I said about the poll. So, on April 2nd, I released a poll on Twitter. And the question was, if a Republican was accused of what Joe Biden has been accused of, would you criticize the Republican or the woman? 76% of you said the Republican, where 24% of you said the woman. So, my question to all of you now is, are you going to blame Joe Biden? Are you going to take his side, or are you going to take the woman's side? And I want all of you who have Twitter to go to my Twitter page, official ptwstev, official ptwstev, and let me know. Send me a d. Send me a DM or or get on your Twitter page and tweet it, and make sure that you you tag me in that tweet. And let's keep this conversation going because the Me Too movement is a very important movement. And these women that are bussing their ass to make sure that every woman that has been sexually assaulted, or hell, even men that have been sexually assaulted, they get their voices heard. This is a very important movement, but it can be perverted. So we all need to be very careful. About what's going on with the Me Too movement. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Political Thoughts with Steve. So, right now we are on our way to 2,000 followers on Twitter. Um, As of right now that I am recording this podcast episode, right now we are currently at 1,920 followers. So 1,920 political nerds have followed our Twitter page and we are on our way to 2,000 followers. So tell your friends about us. Go and hit that, that button on Twitter. We are going to start up our Instagram page. We are not going to have a Facebook page because it just crashed and burned when I had it and I could not give it any dedicated time at all. But we do have our Twitter page. So go and go and like that page. Um also our podcast tickets have been bought for PodX in Nashville. We are so excited about going to Podex and meeting all of our fellow political nerds out there in Nashville and being all these really awesome podcasts. Um, our friends at Non-Mom Happy Hour, they have been selected by Podex to do a really kick-ass show on Sunday. I think is at 1240, the last day of Podex. If you are in Nashville and you listen to Non-Mom Happy Hour, which... I tell all of y'all that y'all y'all should because they're just fucking awesome. Go to pod X. I think the day tickets are like forty dollars, maybe fifty. Um, just go to Podex.com and buy your Sunday ticket and go show these two amazing women your support. And if you're, you know, dedicated as much as I am, buy the weekend pass. I think the weekend pass right now is like. I think it's about 150 bucks for the weekend. We have the, the $200 passes because we wanted the full pod, pod ex experience. Um, but get the, um, the weekend passes and go show your support to all of our podcasts out there that are, you know, busting their ass to bring you guys some really awesome content. So huge shout outs to all of my amazing pod family my pod sisters, my pod brothers, everyone that's busting their ass to entertain all of you, the people that love to listen to podcasts, huge shout outs to them. Um also, we love doing interviews. So if any of y'all that are listening are podcasting, y'all would love to come on our show, please send us a DM through our Twitter page. And tell us so we can schedule it so we can have people on our show that we can chat with about politics and about life. Because you know what? We love doing the last two interviews. It was fun having people on our show. And I don't know about y'all, but I could really use some really good political conversations. So if you're interested, just send us a message on Twitter and we will be more than happy to schedule schedule you a week that you get to come on and we get to just chit-chat about life and politics. So do that. Um, also that may be it. That might be all for the announcements for this week. Um, as I said, we'll be at Podex. We're gonna have some t-shirts and shit from Stony J brand. Stony J is a brother from another mother of mine. He is making t-shirts. He's going to make some really cool uh, political thoughts with Steve podcast shirts that I will have on me at PodX. So come and find me. And if you find me and say, Hey, I'm a fan of your show. You get some free shit. So, you know, you can't say no to free shit. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Um, So, yeah, go tell a veteran that you love them. Go tell, a member of our armed services, that you love them, that you support them. Go find any public servant or men and women in blue or paramedics or firefighters or first responders. Show them that really awesome support. I know all of you support everyone that is in public service. And if you don't, why? Um, just show your love to everyone. And also this week, go spread some love around the world. You know for a fact that You know, all it takes is a simple act of kindness and that shit goes a very, very, very long way. So this is going to do it for this week. Make sure you go to our Twitter page at official P-T-W-S-T-E-V. That is at official P-T-W-S-T-E-V. Click that follow button. I will follow you back unless if you're like one of those fake accounts that all you want to do is send me a bunch of junk mail, then absolutely not. But if you're legit you'd definitely get a follow a follow back from us. Um, that's going to do it for us. So I'm Steven Murphy. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, of political thoughts with Steve. I hope everyone has a great and safe week and we will talk to all of you next week on a new episode of political thoughts with Steve.